Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 87 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. Today, we discuss if you need special rubbers for the new plastic ball, if you can counter a heavy topspin with heavy topspin, and how to move your rubber to a different blade. We also talk about playing a forehand for wheelchair players. Plus, we'll answer a few questions from live viewers who can ask a question using the Q&A app on our Google Plus page. To do this, just go to plus.google.com slash plusthingskills. As always, Supercoach Alois Rosero is with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Good morning, Jeff, and uh, show number 87. Wow, that is... You know, 87 um, certainly was a, a, um, a bit of a bogey number for the Australians, wasn't it? In, uh, yeah, in cricket, for the Australian cricket team, every time they were on 87 as a team or an individual, they were a bit worried. They thought they were going to get out. Yeah, because it was 13, 13 away from the century. Mm. Yes, yes, 13 away from the century. Mm. All right, well, let's see what happens on this show then, Alois. Um. <laughs> no no ups here. No way, <laughs> definitely not. And to make sure of it, let's get into the Ping Skillers question of the day from yesterday, which is, can Timo Boll and Ma Long win this year's World Doubles Championships? Yes, I reckon they can. Wouldn't it be great? I think it'd be, um, it'd be absolutely super to see uh, Timo win a, win a World uh, Individual title. Um, yeah, I, I think it can happen, you know, and... Uh, and I think the other Chinese will be quite happy for it too, just, you know, as an aside. <laughs> Maybe. Um, it was definitely possible. I mean, Timo Boll's still a great player. Ma Long, one of the world's best. I mean, yeah, great individual players and they've played together before. But it is difficult, you know, to win. There's going to be a lot of other good pairs. So it's going to be tough for them, but they've definitely, definitely got the ability to win it. So um, let's keep an eye on it. Yeah, so that's uh, April in uh, April. in China. Yeah, yeah, not far away. That's going to be exciting. Um, on at the same time as the World Rubik's Cube Championships in Brazil, Alois. Jeff, which one are you going to? <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't go to either. You know, work keeps me busy. But um, uh, I will be watching a lot of the table tennis. Like the ITTF does a great job with the you know the streaming of events and stuff. It's it's really good and you know lets you watch things that you wouldn't be able to otherwise. Yeah, and and gee, I mean, and then, you know, watching the Rubik's Cube World Championships too, Jeff, that would be <laughs> exciting. <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of, although you're going to mock me here, I know, Alice, it's interesting in a way, I mean, because they solve it so quick and it's just a sort of a blur, it's it's almost too fast to appreciate what's going on during them solving it. Whereas with table tennis, you know, they're trying to slow the game down. They think maybe it's too fast, but I I don't think so. I quite enjoy watching it as it is and the rallies and stuff. I think it's great, but the pressure of the Rubik's Cube Championship is what you watch it for, not them solving it. Like it gets down to the final, they've got five solves and they've just got to do it as fast as they can, and you can see the competitors getting stressed and. It's, it's more the emotional side and whether they can control their emotions and just do what they need to do. So that aspect of it I really like. It's you know, like watching a final of, of the World Championships in table tennis. You know, the players are going to be nervous. Or watching a soap opera. 
Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, let's move on to the King Skillers question of the day for today, which is, does a home ground make much difference to results in table tennis? Okay, so um, interesting question. Let us know your thoughts. Leave a comment. Go to pinkskills.com and click on the blog link and you'll find this show. And let us know, does a home ground make a difference to results in table tennis? All righty, Alois. Now, um, we, let's, let's take this question from Brock, who's jumped on and asked a question with the Google Q&A app. He says, I've been watching some yard over Boulder matches, and I was wondering, can he match the level and beat players like Timo Bold or Marlin? Do you think Walder would match that level these players are right now? He, Brock reckons he would crush them in his prime easily. Yeah, interesting one. Always an interesting debate. Um, you know, the game has moved on. I mean, the the, the game is faster. The game is um, is you know has really developed over the last ten years. Um, I think if Waldner was growing up at this time, he would match them. But if you put his game up against their game, I think you know these guys are really strong. Um, maybe he'd not match Bowl. Um, you know the the Chinese players. I think it'd be really tough. Um, but as I said, if he was growing up at this time, he would be able to match them because he he was able to do different things and and the Chinese just didn't like playing against him because he was able to do so much and um, and change things up. You know the Chinese are very good at at um, set plays and set drills, um, and Waldy used to just be able to do something a little bit different um, all the time. Yeah, I agree with you, Alice. Yeah, a lot of people try and compare the eras, but you watch the players now, and it's just so much more powerful, and they're taking the ball earlier and with more top speed, and they're more aggressive and more, you know, not missing many shots at all. So the level is definitely higher. So like you said, if you took Waldner's level back then and he played now, I think he would get crushed. But, you know, like you said, if he grew up in that area, he'd get used to that or he'd be, you know, part of that momentum and, and that change in moving the level higher. And, you know, he's proved over the years that, you know, he's one of the best at uh, staying at the top of that curve and always being ahead of everyone else. So, yeah, I agree with you, Alois. I think um, it's always an interesting topic and the players that were at the top back then probably would have adapted. All right, now let's talk about a question from Cal who says, I sit in a wheelchair and the problem is that the backhand goes very well, but I can't take forehand because I need to move with the wheelchair. So what I choose to do is hit with the backhand. Is there anything I can do to be able to hit a forehand? Yeah, so um, so Cal, it's... Um in, in the chair, <clears throat> the backhand is a lot easier um, because you're very square onto the table. So playing a backhand, it does become easy. Um, the forehand is more problematic because um, it's quite difficult to play a forehand, especially if the ball is in this area. When it's out wider, it's much easier. But this middle ball, uh, you'll find uh, most wheelchair players will play that ball with their backhand because it is a lot easier to adapt the wrist to here rather than trying to um, turn your wrist backwards and cramp your um, your arm in there. So backhands tend to be um, cover, to cover more of the table. Um, with, 
when you're in the wheelchair and just playing forehand when the ball gets out a little bit wider and give yourself a little bit more space. Um, depending on your uh, disability too, you know, and, and your movement, um, you know, some some wheelchair players can get around quite well and play play there. But again, it depends on your disability and um, and and what your uh, mobility is with uh, the upper half of your body as well. Um, some of the higher functioning uh, players will move their chair as well, so they'll just turn their chair a little bit and move it around, and uh, and even actually move around the court, um, which makes it easier for them. But yeah, if you if you're quite stationary, then um, the back end in this sort of area is uh, much easier, and then once it gets past there, that's when you start to play some forehands. Great. All right. Thanks for that, Alloys. Hopefully those tips helped you out, uh, Calais. So, yeah, don't be afraid to use, you know, the back end quite a lot and even if it is slightly over your forehand side and then, you know, try the forehand on those wider ones. All right. Thanks for those tips, Alloys, and thanks for the question, Calais. All right. Now, um, let's take a question from Johan who says, you talk about um, by making a heavy topspin, you will neutralise your opponent's spin. Does the same hold true for backspin or sidespin? If you get a really fine and fast brush, will it counter their spin in the same way as a heavy topspin? Yeah, so um, so Johan here is talking about if, um, if someone serves a long serve to you, um, what we recommend is that you really topspin it and brush it up to counter to counteract the spin. So Johan's saying, can you also do that by brushing it heavily with backspin or sidespin to counteract their spin? Well, you can, um, and it is something that you can try. The only problem is that if they've got a heavy spin on it and you're doing a heavy backspin, you can't hit the ball very fast. So with when you're playing backspin on the ball, the ball tends to float um, a little bit more so you have to be very, very accurate, and even more so if you're wanting to put side spin on the ball. So uh, think a little bit more about um, that stroke. It is possible um, to do that or that on the return of serve to counteract the heavy spin on the ball, um, but the safer shot and the shot that's going to get you into a better position in the rally is a top spin stroke because you can hit that harder and then you're going to put your opponent on the defence. If you do this, if they cope with that backspin, then they're attacking at you and you're on the defence for the rest of the rally. Okay, interesting, Alice. Now, I read the question slightly differently because often, say someone serves a sidespin serve to you, Alice, I've heard you mention a few times that if you topspin it, you can counteract that sidespin by, you know, really brushing it finely so the sidespin won't have as much effect on the ball. So when they serve a backspin or a sidespin, or when they serve a sidespin, yeah, you can counteract that sidespin a little bit by using an aggressive brushing forehand yeah. topspin. Yeah, so, you definitely can. Yeah, you definitely can. So if, if they if they what serve about with backspin, if they serve a heavy backspin, can you counteract that backspin with the same motion? Yeah, you certainly you, you can counteract it, but it, the motion needs to be a little bit more uh, vertical so that you can lift that lift the backspin, but still if you brush the ball really heavily, then um, you're going to be able to counteract that. If you, do, if you just do a soft uh, lift, the backspin is still going to be able to take control, but if you do a heavy um, 
contact and a heavy top spin, then you're going to um, counteract that heavy back spin as well. All right, great. All right, so hopefully that answers your question, uh, Johan. Um, if it doesn't, let us know. Uh, thanks for the question. Now, Johan said that he wasn't able to watch today because he's got to go to work. So hopefully you're catching up with this on um, on the uh, 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 watching. A lot of ways, there's a lot of ways you can catch up with the show, Alloys. Um, you can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it on our Website, pingseals.com, click on the blog link, or you can uh, watch the show um, using iTunes or your favourite uh, podcast app if you use Android. Um, and if you want to uh, find out the link to listen to it on iTunes or using your podcast, again, just go to pingseals.com slash blog and you'll see one of the episodes and each episode will have the link there. All right. Um, let's have a look at a question from Lucas Alois, who's also jumped on with the Google Q&A app, and he says, on Friday, I was playing matches in my club. I was too loved down when I was playing my first match, but then I started telling myself, I'm better than this guy. I can beat him easily. I won the game 3-2 after that. Have you done this before? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I have, and it's, you know, sometimes it's just a little bit of a mindset of, of uh, of what the way that you're thinking and can it can really help. I mean, it's not a, a matter of being um, of having arrogance and saying, oh, you know, I'm better than this guy. Um, it's just starting to believe in your ability and starting to believe in what you can do. Um, so you know, as long as you're realistic about it, I think it can make a difference. You know, like if I went out and played Waldner and I said, oh, I can beat this guy. I'm better than this guy. You know, it's probably not going to happen. But um, if there's someone that you know you you you're competitive with, and you have and you go in there with a positive attitude, um, I think that really helps. If you go in there with an attitude of, oh gee, I hope I don't lose to this guy. I I, I think this guy's going to beat me today. Then that will probably happen too. Mm, excellent, uh, yeah, excellent advice. And thanks for the question, Lucas. Okay, Brock has another question for us, Alice. He goes. Do you know a special tip to improve your backhand and forehand smash? Yeah, so um, we've got um, lessons on the on the forehand and backhand smash um, in our strokes and techniques section of the the website. Um, we recommend that most of the time you get around and play a forehand smash. If you've got enough time for the ball, when the if the ball's up high enough, then you've got enough time to get around and play a forehand smash most of the time. Uh -huh. Yeah, great, Alloy. So the number one tip for your backhand smash is to use your forehand. <laughs> That's it. You're right. <laughs> and and then the, I suppose the, the biggest thing with your smashing is the preparation. So using that time that the ball is in the air to get back and be prepared, both with your legs and with your bat. I see a lot of players um, trying to smash. The ball's up in the air. They almost get mesmerized like, um, you know, uh, rabbits in spotlight and they stand there and, and, and watch the ball and the ball bounces and then suddenly it's on top of them and they're trying to smash. So so really um, think about your movement while the ball's up in the air. Get into position so that you can make those smashes. That's my tip. Excellent. Great tip. All right. Next question is from Matt who says, I was just wondering if a change of rubber is necessary for the new plastic balls as I haven't played with them yet. 
I've seen many stores selling rubbers that sell plastic ball ready rubbers and some that aren't plastic ready. Yeah, you know what that's called? That's called marketing. Um, so, you know, there's no need to change. Um, though uh, it's a perfect opportunity for manufacturers to sell you another sheet of rubber. Um, you know, just just get in there, use what you're using. Um, it really won't make that much difference. Um, you know, over time, rubbers will keep developing. But yeah, there's no need to go out and buy a new sheet of rubber. Uh, just yeah, stick with what you're using. Um, otherwise, you're just going to fork out some more money to the manufacturers. No need. Okay, great. All right, thanks for the question, Matt. Uh, the next question is from Ernest, who says, "Is it possible to move our old rubbers to a new blade?" Yeah, so you can. Um, so that's just a a blade, you know, by itself. This is an old one that I used to use, surprisingly. Um, oh, what type of blade was that, Alois? Uh, that was a. I think it was a double fish blade. Yeah, double okay. fish blade. Yeah. Old block that wasn't of wood. your old favourite blade. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't my. No, it wasn't my old favourite blade. No, just an old. Um, uh, yeah, double fish blade. Um, and what was your old favourite blade? That was a butterfly power drive. Ah, uh, the power drive. Yes. Okay. Anyway, I digress. Back to back to the question. Yes. <laughs> So that's that's what that's what um, a bat looks like without the rubber on it. So so you can uh, take the rubber off. You just start to peel underneath here and just work slowly all the way around um, your racket. I'll just grab another one. So um, so this one here. So you just lift up underneath there, and you just work your way around uh, the racket. Keep lifting slowly and. Eventually, you'll work your way through and um, and get the rubber off. Be really careful though, because sometimes sometimes the rubber sticks really hard, uh, just depending on how they've been put on and what type of glue they've used. So um, so once you've got it off there, then um, then you've just got a sheet of rubber uh, that you can just stick to um, stick to um, a new blade. So yeah, and we've got a lesson on. Um, Putting rubber onto a blade or attaching uh, gluing rubber on, so um, quite a simple process. Um, just putting some glue on both the back of the rubber and on the blade, letting it dry, almost touch dry, and then um, rolling them on. Um, the only thing that you need to be thinking about is that if you take the rubber off this bat and put it on this bat, it might be a different size. So that the, the Backs might be a different size, so the rubber might not fit. So it's worth just checking that before you uh, think about changing. Okay, so as long as the blade is the same size or smaller, you won't have any problems. And if it was a little bit smaller, I've actually seen people move the rubber up the top, so it covers the top bit and then might leave a small gap at the bottom. I guess that's an option if, if you're moving it to a, a bigger blade. Yeah, that's right. So they, they'd attach the rubber from here up, and then there'd be a gap. Uh, between the handle and the and the rubber down the bottom there. So yeah, that's possible too. Might feel a bit there, but yeah, you can do that. Great. All right, I'll put a link into the um, the video that shows how to change to a new rubber, and you know you can just adapt that for uh, using an existing rubber. So thanks for the question, Ernest. All right, everybody. Thank you for watching. That wraps up show.
87, 13 away from 100. Um, and make sure you visit pingskills.com, sign up for our free newsletter, and um, thank you, Alloys. Yep, and Brock said that he uh, wants to see your dance moves, Jeff. All so, right, uh, let's, get, let's get it going. Take it away. See you, see you everybody. Bye. <laughs> That's the best I got, Alloys. <laughs> see you, everybody.